and I I pull out a Ziploc, and it's it's not it's not hydration tablets. <laughs> no, it's not. It's two it's two female products. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy, what do I? I mean, what do I do? So. Whoopsie. This is Stephen Holgate, and I'm a big-ass runner from the beautiful trails of greater Reading, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your hosts, Jeff Harrell and Stephen Pritt. Well, thank you, Stephen. Hey, Stephen, another Stephen. I know. You can't have too many Stevens in your life. There's Stevens all over the place. They are everywhere. Hey, well, Jeff, guess what? Uh, what's that, Steven? This is episode number 25. 25. That's actually my one of my favorite numbers. It's a number I wore playing basketball. Not tight end, as Not, we learned before. Right. But basketball. Well, we're in season two, episode three um, of season two. That's too much math, Steven, already. Carry the one minus the two divided by four equals pi, which equals really our 25th episode. Of the Big Ass Runner, my name is Jeff Harrell. And I'm Stephen Print. Welcome to the show. We've got a great show, Stephen, ahead. We have one of our listeners. Okay, here's the deal. Okay. We have the most talented listeners. We've heard from Megan. We've heard from Sarah. We've heard from Sadie. We, I mean, all these people, Jeff, everywhere, in addition to trail running, they just do awesome stuff off the trail, too, which is really cool. I think that's one thing that's so fun about doing this and being on Instagram and things is like you can kind of see a little bit behind the scenes of people's life. And Jeff, I think we actually have somebody else who's a listener and a follower. Yes. And I won't want to give it away, but uh, her name might be Kelly it with could. an I. Yeah. Do you remember the episode of Cheers where the Woody's singing Kelly, 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 Kelly? No, just sing, sing some more though. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm starting to hear it. Go, go ahead. No, I don't give want to take over for Timmy's time. So I, I we'll we'll figure out a way to do that. We but need to bring Timmy time in for that one. We do, but we've got Kelly on the show. And what else do we have lined up, Jeff? Well, Stephen, we actually just got back from a very major race in the state of Texas called the Bandera 50 and 100K. We served that race, and we're going to tell a few of the stories that we came back with from that experience. Yeah, it definitely was. I would venture to say epic would even not begin to describe Ooh, you're that. pulling out the big E word. I know. It was amazing. And what's really cool, Jeff, is that race, it's, it's not even, it is based in Texas, but... I mean, there were people from Oregon, Washington, Wisconsin. California, Wisconsin. I mean, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina. That sounds I mean, like a band. I know. Florida, Georgia. And maybe there was a line there somewhere. There might have been a line. Um, we saw a few lines. We did see a few lines. So, I'm not uh, sure what that even means. <laughs> we crossed a few lines. That's but, true. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a great time. We can't wait to tell you guys all about that. Yeah, it's going to be a great episode. It's jam-packed. I don't know if we're going to have time to get it all in. It's, it's going to be tough. But before we actually jump into that, there is something, Stephen, that we just found out about. It's a national holiday. It's coming up. It's it's January 17th, and it's it's a big holiday, especially in January. It's National Quitters Day. National Quitters Day. Now, I guess if you're quitting something like a bad habit, that'd be okay. Yeah, and, and this would be the day to do that. So if, if there are, you know, if you chew your fingernails, this would be Ooh, the that's day. that's you, Stephen. Well, that is. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thanks for pointing that out, Jeff. No worries. Uh, yeah. No worries, but um, if you eat Oreos, it'd be a good day to quit. That's right. Well, I don't know. I, I, that that one you might want to keep going. <laughs> Sorry, did I mention Oreos? Yes, exactly. No, I don't that know why I keep poking the bear. Ah, uh, well, I you know it's Oreos. <laughs> 
<laughs> so this is National Quitter Day. And it's really interesting. Um, there's been some scientific research, not by our data scientists, but this is the day where most people fail in their New Year's resolutions. Like oh. they, they, they can hold on for, you know, 16 days, but something about the 17th day, people hit the eject button and they pull They're out done. and they hit that button. The cockpit flies open, the parachutes out. And that that resolution of a two million dollar jet just gone, gone's in the ocean. So so they're they're out shopping on Amazon if they had a budget. <laughs> yeah. They're eating pizza if they were on a diet. Yeah, all of that, Jeff, is is gone out the window. So we just wanted to make sure that people were aware of this holiday, that they were um, avoiding it, and that they they knew about it because. It's, it could be a great holiday for some people, but we, we really don't want people to, to quit on their resolutions, their goals, and that they really have the, the energy and the persistence they need to kind of conquer all that they want to uh, this year. And we're definitely not quitting on this episode. We have a lot to do, Stephen. That's right. So yeah. with that, let's get on with episode number 25. Stephen, one of the things we love is our listeners are very talented. We have had Megan Gould on talking mm-hmm. about stretching. Remember yep, that one? I do. I, I'm trying to do more stretching, actually. You look so. very limber over there, actually. Well, you know, I can't quite touch my my toes, but I'm, I'm getting I'm getting at least to my ankles. You're getting closer. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> she also talked to us about how to recover. Recovery is a big deal. Right. We have another listener, Kelly Hahn. She is really cool because she's not only a trail runner, she's also a personal trainer. I think a lot of times people think, as long as your legs are strong and your your lungs are good, then you should be a good runner. But I don't think that's necessarily the truth. I don't think it is either. So we actually asked Kelly if she would mind hopping on the show and helping us with some tips on how to strengthen our core. She talked a little bit too about why core strength is important. So now joining us, I think, on the Big Ass Runner hotline. <laughs> Kelly, are you there? Hi, you guys. I'm here. Yay. Hey, Kelly's here. Hey, welcome to the show, Kelly. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. How's everything in Colorado? So you're, you're based out of Colorado. Is that correct? That's correct. I'm in Denver, and we had a beautiful day today. Went for a nice trail run myself. And yeah, love it out here. We have so many listeners in, in Colorado. We've got to make it out there, Stephen. Uh, we, we try to get to Colorado as much as possible. Yeah, it's actually my second favorite state. Oh, wow. Did you know that, Stephen? I kind of did, actually. Fact. Yeah. No, you didn't know that. <laughs> you did Because I talk about it all the time. Right. What's your first favorite? Well, it's got to be Texas. I, I mean, you know, I live here yeah. in Texas, so it's got. I have to go with Texas. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would have picked Hawaii. Uh, I've only yeah. been there once. Well, Kelly, tell us a little bit about what you do. Because I know you're a personal trainer, you're a trail runner, you're a mom. You do a lot of different things. T- tell us a little bit about, about you. Sure, absolutely. Like you said, I'm a personal trainer. I'm also a run coach and a avid trail runner. I love getting out on the trails. It's been one of my favorite things, especially, I feel like, this past year with COVID and everything going on. It's been such a great relief to get out on the trails. I am a mother of two. I have a six-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter. Awesome. Yes. And I am a avid traveler, not this year, but in the past. And trying to say, oh, one other interesting thing. I used to play a sport called Australian Rules Football. Oh, goodness. Are you serious? Yes. Very random. Similar to rugby, but also very different. 
And I played that for about eight years out here. That is so cool. And not to brag, but I think we were a six-time national champion. Wow. <laughs> wow. We were something like, mm, I don't know, six-time national champions. That's awesome. <laughs> we also noticed, Kelly, that you, are you fluent in Italian? Because I know you say that you're a lover of Italy, but do you, are you Italian as well? I am Italian as well. My grandparents are from Sicily and I speak Italian. I wouldn't say fluent yet. I'm pretty hard on myself, but I try to speak as well as possible. Well, I'm working on that. That is amazing. Is there, I guess there's nothing you don't do. So maybe we should just stick to the topic of of strength training. There is one thing I need to talk to Kelly about her cookie palette. Needs some Uh readjusting. (laughs) Kelly and I have had a debate about the greatness of the snickerdoodle, which of course is the greatest cookie, but I think Kelly disagrees with that. I do disagree. I definitely consider it a subpar cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Is it right below Fig Newtons? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So your favorite would have chocolate in it. Chocolate, caramel. I need some more of that flavor in it snickerdoodles just a little too bland yes yeah. yeah, so we'll have to go to colorado Stephen, and have a cookie taste off yeah maybe you could bring some of your family's world famous uh, snickerdoodles and yes we'll bring some other regular cookies and see which ones <laughs> taste better <laughs> well with all of that we'll, let's turn our attention to trail running and kelly one reason we wanted to have you on because you are a trail runner and a personal trainer you can help us with this why is core strength something that's important for trail running Yes, this is a great question. And I actually, I want to start, if you don't mind, by first defining what our core actually is. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of people get confused and they think somebody with a six pack obviously would have a strong core. And unfortunately, that's not necessarily true. So our core is a series of muscles, not just our abs. And it includes everything besides our arms and our legs. So it's your glutes, it's your hips, it's your back, it's your pelvic floor. And all of these muscles work together, and their main job is to support our spine and cause stabilization in our spine and provide that firm support for all activities that we do. That's a great explanation, Kelly, because if you were going to leave it at six-pack, then I don't we're think I, I was going to not have a core. So yeah. So, so say that again. So what are, what are the muscle groups again? Um, it's everything except for our arms and our legs. So okay. your glutes, your hips your back and your pelvic floor. And it's also it's the deeper muscles. It's not just the more exterior muscles. It's the deeper muscles inside that you really need to work in order to get that functional functionality out of it mm-hmm. versus the six pack. Do you find that people chase the six pack muscles, just try to get that six pack and don't take care of the other parts of the core? Yes, 100%. I think people focus a lot, way too much on doing the sit-ups and the crunches, and they think that that's going to provide them with what they want, which some people, yes, what they want is the six-pack, but having functional abs and functional core, it's so much more important, and it's having that functional core and that strong stability, it's going to help prevent things like back, hips, knee, and even neck pain. And it's going to help us prevent injuries, which as runners, I think that we could all agree that we want to avoid injury as much as possible. No, that makes a lot of sense, Kelly. I'm just curious then, with that knowledge in mind now, tell us how the core works well with the legs and and how that kind of comes together. Yeah, absolutely. So if you do not have a strong core, especially as you're getting into your longer runs and you're starting to fatigue a little bit, if your core is not stabilized, 
you're going to get what we call like a wobbly torso. Mm-hmm. And what's bad about that is one, it's throwing you off balance. So it's, you're going to be a little bit more prone to injury. And also it's going to take away some of your efficiency and your power when running. Okay. So having that strong core can actually help you to become a faster runner. It can help you run further and it can help you be a more efficient runner. I think when I went to the doctor last, he did diagnose me with a wobbly torso. So <laughs> I think I can totally relate to that. <laughs> Is it, it's like one of those things, you, yeah, you see the used car lot, you know, with That's the big right. thing I'm the, I'm hands, the, used car the, lot. the big hands in the air and then it kind of deflates and it pops back up and waves back and <laughs> that forth. That is a wobbly torso right that there. He does not have a strong core or she does not. So no. yeah, I, I completely understand that. Well, I would think too, Kelly, just seeing on Instagram and stuff, you know, it seems like you really love, you know, obviously the trail running thing. That's probably even more important for a trail runner to have that core with, you know, rocks and boulders and kind of navigating all that stuff together so yes to tie that in actually having a strong core helps you with your balance so if you do have a misstep while you're running you're able to regain balance a lot quicker than if you had a weaker core and yes maybe i am someone who falls a lot on the trails however (laughs) i like to think i do have a strong core and that it has saved me in many incidents and you know where else i've seen your your strong core uh, in effect, is your TikTok dances. I have seen some amazing TikTok Kelly Hahn dances on Instagram. You have just made my day. Thank you. <laughs> Dancing <laughs> is another passion of mine. <laughs> so Kelly, let's get let's get super practical. So this, you know, as you know, this podcast is for the everyday runner. So do you have maybe maybe some tips to help the everyday runner strengthen their core so that they can tackle the trails more efficiently? Yes, absolutely. I have some exercises that I'll share with everyone, but then just some even smaller things that you can do to help with your core is focus on your posture, focus on it while you're sitting, while you're standing, while you're running. Just make sure you're drawing those shoulders back, you're sitting or standing up straight, you're not hunched over your computer or constantly looking down at your phone. Just kind of constantly focus on that good posture, nice, strong posture too. As you're saying, even, as you're saying that Stephen and I are straightening up, <laughs> we, we <laughs> both just, we're adjusting in our chairs. We are yeah. Yeah, sitting up, putting our back or yeah, our shoulders back. We are, yeah, we just, we're guilty as charged. Yeah. It's a, it makes a big difference. And even this is what in the car, people don't use their headrest very often. So they're jetting, they're jetting their neck out, which isn't good. So you actually want to use your headrest in your car while you're driving. Yeah. And then another thing I like to think about when I, whenever I'm at a red light at a stop sign, I practice bracing my abs. Have you guys heard this term before? No. So when I tell my clients, I say, brace your abs. You want to brace your abs on almost every exercise that you do. And what you're doing is basically tightening all your muscles, but in a sense of think, think of it as if somebody's about to punch you in the stomach. How would you brace your abs to make them as strong, as tight as possible to help with that? the blow of a hit in your stomach. So is that just basically an exercise throughout the day where that's just kind of, you know, tightening your stomach or? Yep. Okay. Is the red light thing just something just like uh, as a way to kind of remember that then or? Yeah. Yep. That's my, that's what I use for my, what I call a trigger Uh to make it, to create a habit for myself. So every time I'm sitting at a red light, now I just think about it and I do it. But you can have, you can set a timer for, you know, every 10 minutes. You can have whatever type of trigger you want. It's just something to think about, just doing that. And then whenever you are doing any type of 
type of exercise, you want to make sure that you're bracing your abs and keeping them strong and engaged. What I love about these first two is they're stuff we could do right this second. Right. Stephen, we can yeah. sit up, we can get good posture, use our neck rests. We're sitting in chairs, so we can use the back of our chairs, and then we can brace our abs. This is so helpful right. already. Yeah. <laughs> I feel my, my core strengthening already, Stephen. I think I'm I think I'm excavating some six packs there. So I heard <laughs> excavations <laughs> happening. Yeah, I heard somebody once say that everybody has a six pack. It's just a matter if you can yeah. see it or not. So it's in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's in there. That is true. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> Kelly, you just given us a couple of freebies. So good posture is one, and then brace your abs is two. So the first core exercise is the plank. Planks are one of the best core exercises that a runner can do by far. Kelly, you're going to be proud of me. I did three one-minute planks today. Now, three may not be enough, but I did do that's, three planks today. That's awesome. And all at one minute. Those are great. And I do have a question, though, because when I do a plank, I never know if I should be all the way extended on my, like basically on my hands hitting the floor or my elbows hitting the floor? So I would suggest for runners to do it on your forearms, so on your elbows. Yep. That actually engages your core more. Um, on your hands, it works your shoulders a little bit more as well. Which They're both great, but the forearms a little bit more of the traditional core. Is there a length of time? Because I do a minute and that's kind of as long as I could go. But as I get stronger, do you just keep increasing it or is there kind of a time thing there? So this is a tough one. There are a lot of plank challenges out there and I don't necessarily love them because holding a plank for too long, it can be very strenuous on the lower back. So what I try to tell people is hitting, aiming for one minute is great. And then after that, one thing you can do to make it a little bit harder is you actually pull, almost pull your elbows towards your toes and pull your toes towards your elbows. And that way it really engages your abs. You'll feel it and you will not be able to hold it for much more than 30 seconds. If you're truly pulling your elbows towards your toes, your toes towards your elbows and really engaging everything. And then that way you can actually shorten the length of time that you're doing a plank, but increase the intensity of it. Got it. So instead of going longer, go a little bit harder. Exactly. That was just to save your back a little bit. And another great thing to do for a plank, there's tons of variations, but the forearm plank and then side planks are also a really great exercise that will work your oblique, which is the side muscles of your abs. Those are great. You can hold them for 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds. And that's plenty of time. But those are also another great one to help with the functionality of your core. So we are now at number two. What's the second core exercise, Kelly? Second core exercise, which might be surprising, is actually a push-up. A push-up is basically your body in a plank position. And what you have to do, though, to have a proper push-up is engage your core, keep your body and your back nice and straight, which works your back, works your abs, works your glutes, um, works your full core. And being able to do a push-up helps also with your shoulder and arm strength, which as runners is also really important. But a push-up is another great exercise to help with with having a functionally strong core. If somebody can't do like a full push-up, is it good for them to start with one like on their knees versus having fully extended legs? Is that equally as effective? Yes, exactly. And you can even elevate it. So you could do a push-up on the wall. So you're a little bit more standing upright or on a table, put your hands on a bench to help eventually work yourself up to a full plank. And absolutely going on your knees is just as effective as well to help build up to that. And Steven does the clap push-ups. So you like three or four claps in between. Are those good? Yeah, I usually, it's when I'm down on my back and I'm clapping and then I turn around and then do my <laughs> push-ups. you do your push-ups. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's I, quite a sight. I go full sea otter mode and then come back around. So, yeah. <laughs> 
my favorite kind of clapping foot drum. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, these are great, Kelly. So I think we're at number three. Number three is the Superman or Superwoman, whatever you want to say. But for this one, you lie face down and you put your arms out and your legs out, extended um, in front and in back of you, lying on the ground. And then you're going to lift your legs and your arms off the ground, hold for about two to three seconds, and then just slowly lower down. This one is great for lower back strengthening. Have you guys done that one before? Yeah, I've done that several times before, and it feels really good too. I have a follow-up question with that one, Kelly, because it does, when I've done Superman before, it doesn't feel like you get a lot of motion or movement. Is that is that natural? Is that okay? Is that are you, are you supposed to feel a lot there? It is more of a subtle movement. So okay. just bringing your arms and your legs to where you can. Everybody's different in your flexibility in your back. So don't definitely don't stress and don't strain it. But you just want to get to where you, you feel a little bit of, of your back working. Hold it for that two to three seconds and then back down. Well, these are great, Kelly. So what's the next one? What, what's another exercise that we can do? I think we're on number four. Number four is the hip bridge. So when a hip bridge, you lie on your back, you bend your legs, put your feet are on the ground, and then you push through your heels while you squeeze your glutes all the way up and lift your hips off the ground. And this is a great one to build strength in your glutes and your hamstrings. Um, and just the thing to remember about this is to also brace those abs again while you're doing those, because that will help with those, again, the deep functional ab muscles in addition to the glutes and the hamstrings. And Kelly, on this one, do you need weights? When I go in the weight room, sometimes I see people doing this. They've got barbells draped across them and all that. But my guess is you probably don't need weight at least right away. No, absolutely not. I do these a lot without weight, even myself. And it's just all about that squeezing the glutes and engaging your muscles to make it a little bit harder for yourself and then coming back down. And yes, then of course, once you've advanced, you can go, you can add weight, you can add elevation to where your feet are. There's a lot of different ways that you can make it harder, but it's great to start just on the ground, no weight, and just engaging the the correct muscles. All right. Well, these are all really, really good. All right. So I think we're on number five. Number five is the Russian switch. Ooh, what's that? Ooh, I haven't heard of this one. This is going to be a fun one. Yeah, this sounds cool. This one, you sit on the ground, you bend your legs, feet on the ground, just a slight lean back, and you're going to twist your hands from side to side and you tap the ground with the bottom hand and then switch it to the other side. You can, this is another one where you can add weight, but you absolutely do not need to add weight. You can also lift your feet off the ground to make it more challenging while you twist side to side. So I think I've seen this one. I want to make sure. So you run your rear end, you get your feet maybe yeah. off the ground. It may be, I've seen maybe people with a medicine ball going back and forth as well. Is that this? Is that the exercise I'm thinking about? Correct. That's exactly what you're thinking about. Okay. That one is hard. I think that one to me, like <laughs> it with look, the it's plank. easy for like the first three, and then you're like, oh my gosh, this right. is hurting. <laughs> So Kelly, we, you know, this is the big ass runner. We love to give our listeners a little extra value. Do you maybe have, I know you're going to give us five, but do you have maybe a bonus that you could give us as well? I do have a bonus. All right. The bonus one I'm going to give you are windshield wipers. Ooh, what's that? Are they intermittent or regular or? (laughs) I don't even know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) High speed, low speed, intermittent, you know, that they squeak, you know, those kind of things. They're a little bit more low speed. You don't want to go too fast on these. Okay. But for these ones, the windshield wipers, you lie on your back, you put your legs straight up in the air, and then your hands out at your side to kind of help 
brace you and keep you on the oh, ground. I think I know where you're going with this one. Yep. And then you lower your legs to the left and then bring them back over to the right and just going side to side. And these are just like the side plank. These are a great one for to target your oblique. And these ones, you do not have to go all the way down to the ground. Just go to where's comfortable on the left and then back over to the right to where's comfortable. Nice and slow and controlled on these. And is this a little bit more of an advanced movement or do, as you just said, maybe don't go as far down if, if it's kind of a new movement for you? Right, exactly. You can make it a little bit easier by just going very slowly and very lightly from side to side and then again making it more advanced by going a little bit further down now these are all good what would you recommend to somebody let's say that's just new to trail running they just heard your segment you know on these exercises if you were to take them on as a client or something like that how, what would you how would you tell them to get started i would say to aim for doing some core exercise three days a week however it can be just five minutes each of those days and I would pick three of the exercises to do one of the days and three of them to do the next day. And then on the third, and then just keep alternating. So then on the third day, you'll do that first set again. And then the next week, again, back to the second set. So just three exercises at a time, three days a week, and you can start to build a strong course with just that little amount of work. And Kelly, for the more advanced runner, are these things that you can do every day or do you need to take some breaks or you know, what's kind of the rhythm for maybe a more advanced runner? Now, for these, I would say you could do these every day as an advanced runner, maybe take one or two days off during the week. But they're very, again, they're very simple exercises like we talked about. So they're not going to put too much strain on your body. So yes, again, you can do them every day or four or five days a week is perfect for a more advanced runner. All right. Well, Kelly, I have a couple last minute questions for you. So one, how do you as a, as a mom stay, stay motivated and balance all of that? Obviously you've got your running, you've got your business, you've got kids, you're married. So those are the people that are out there that are either similar to you or maybe just trying to balance all of their life. Do you have any ideas or, or tricks on just kind of balancing um, everything that you're doing um, and, and still getting out there and, and running trails? It's getting easier now that my kids are getting a little bit older but definitely in the beginning it was a bit more struggle because I was felt like I was stuck in the house a lot more and what one thing one mantra I kind of used was don't make excuses find solutions mm. so instead of saying I don't have time I would get up just 10 minutes earlier and do a 10 minute workout and I'd start with that and then it eventually grew into a 20 minute a 30 minute and I at finally I was able to get in hour-long workouts as needed my kids you will, if you watch some of my videos that I've ever done, you'll see them in a lot of my workout videos because they've been around and they know that when mommy's working out, I can come and I can join her and it's fine and we get through it. It's not always ideal, but I'm not going to not work out because I'm getting interrupted a little bit. No, you know what? I have to say, Kelly, that's one of the favorite things I like about your videos because I've, I've watched a few of them and your kids are watching TV. They're all, I'm assuming it's in the basement, you know, doing all kinds of yeah. things. I think I've seen a couple of them that were hitching a ride on some of your push-ups, you know, and and that's so real and authentic. And I think it just shows you're a father or, you know, or a mom or wherever you are, cats and dogs running around, doesn't really matter. Just try to do something where you are with what you can do. 
And I think yeah. that's really, really cool that you post that. It's not all pristine and perfect environments, you know, even though you've got a great <laughs> setup there. I, I really genuinely appreciate that about you. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. I do try to be as authentic as possible. I'm definitely not pristine and perfect, nor is my life. So. I don't think <laughs> anybody really is. None of, none of us no, are. No, yeah. None of us are. What are some things that, that kind of for you personally, like keep you motivated? Are there goals that you set or quotes that you do like what what kind of keeps you motivated because you are balancing all these things and what what kind of drives you and, and keeps you going like what's what's your why behind all that I definitely set goals every few months I kind of reevaluate and reassess my goals which is a huge motivator mm-hmm. um, and then I also know personally for me just running especially and then working out in general it, it helps my mental health so much and mm-hmm. I know how important that is for not just for me, but for my family. And so I make sure that that is always a priority for me. I think that's really important. And I love the fact that you said that I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's not only for you, but it's also for your family. It's kind of like that lifeguard principle. Like if you're not good, then you can't really help anybody else. Yeah. Um, that's that's really awesome. So thank you for, for sharing that. Yes, of course. Thank you. See, Stephen, I told you Kelly was awesome. Well, I, we, yes. Do you believe me now? I, I finally believe you. <laughs> we finally got him. Yeah. He had doubt. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for this. I know that this information is really going to help the everyday runner. I think core strength is something people don't even think about, Stephen. Don't even know they need to work on and build. And so, right. Kelly, you've given us some really practical five plus a bonus and two other things. We got so much value here from Kelly, Stephen. Yeah, she just keeps on giving. She just keeps on giving. <laughs> and it's something that anybody can do anywhere. And just with any injury prevention, you don't need to be an elite athlete to say, okay, I need to do core exercises. You know, if if you've never stepped on a trail before and you're even considering it, or maybe you're a road runner, or maybe you want to do your first ultra, um, I think it's just really important to think holistically about your body and, and what you're asking it to do. So Kelly, thanks so much. We will have to make it to Denver and have that cookie taste off very, very soon. If somebody wanted to learn more about some of the things you talked about, or even just to follow you on Instagram, what's what's the best way for somebody to, to get a hold of you or to kind of know more about the topics that, that, that we discussed today? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm run underscore lift underscore laugh. And feel free, anybody can send me a direct message. I'm very active on Instagram. Or you can visit my website, which is Han Fitness, H-A-H-N Fitness.com. Awesome. And reach out to me there. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. We really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing with our listeners some of these important tips and tricks. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Well, Stephen, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there that are making it happen. And we've got one today, Stephen, that you're going to share with us. Yeah, Jeff, we actually have over the last few months had a lot of new listeners, and this is one that's relatively new. His name is Harrison McMillan, and he is from North Carolina. I love North Carolina. I know it's a great state. You know it's what? An awesome state. You've got like the you've got the mountains, you've got the ocean, and it's just a little bit of everything right there. A couple there. cities in there, yeah, Charlotte, exactly. Great city, Asheville, great, yeah, great towns. It's, it's awesome. Well, Harrison's new to listening to the podcast and is a trail runner, getting out there and getting it done. Catch 
catching up on some of the uh, Big Ass Runner episodes. So Harrison, great job. We really enjoy you. Welcome to the herd. So glad that you enjoyed the podcast and congratulations on just killing it out there and running. You're doing an amazing job. Have fun out there on those trails up in North Carolina. And hey, Stephen, what's his Instagram? Yeah. So if you guys want to follow him, it's HDM Durham and he's on Instagram and, and a great follow there. He's probably in Durham, North Carolina. I think that's probably where you he see where is. I came up with that. I'm so smart. You are clever. You don't, no data scientists needed there. None. So. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Harrison. We really appreciate it. Thanks for the follow and thanks for listening to the podcast. Way to go, Harrison. Well, Stephen, we got to do something really amazing last weekend. First of all, the fact that there was an actual real race with real runners and real aid stations and real medals was really amazing and we got to be a part of it. Yeah, so just so you guys know, there's a really big race, if you hadn't heard before, called the Bandera Race. And it's one of the toughest races in Texas, but it's also a huge race that runners from all over the U.S. come from. I mean, Jeff, I think there were people from... I mean, I knew from Atlanta, Georgia, which is obviously- Two guys from Idaho. Remember those guys? Yeah, Yeah, they were great. Yeah, Idaho, California, Minnesota, Wisconsin, South Carolina, Florida, Minneapolis, Colorado. I mean, the list list goes on. So it's not just a Texas thing, but it's also- a golden ticket race, as we mentioned before, that if you qualify a certain level, then you get to these golden tickets to go to Western states, which is like the big, the big trail running race, you know, in in the U.S. But we normally run that race. We decided this time to go and to to basically volunteer and, and to meet people. We've always talked about in this podcast that we love meeting new people. That's one of the facets of trail running that we really like. And we went and had a blast. We had an absolute great time. We've always said we wanted to serve because we've been served so often. Right. We feel like we were always taking, taking, and we wanted to give back in a few small ways. And I will say, by the way, Tejas Trails puts on great events. Yes. Chris McWaters is the race director from Bandera. He is fantastic. Uh, there I did. I said it. Yep. I wasn't going to say it the whole episode, Stephen. And there it is. And there it is. It just comes out so naturally. It's just so there. Yeah, he does such an awesome job. Uh, he <laughs> and his team, and he's got a team of volunteers, which we were fortunate to be a part of. Now, there was a little bit of a change right before race day. Yeah, and I, this was actually a good change. This, this, was, was, this was one that you kind of wanted. So when we gave you guys an update of this race, we said we we're going to be at the first aid station, which we were a little bummed because the first aid station, most runners kind of fly right by it. Right. Which was okay. We just were happy to be out there. But two days before the race, Chris texted me and said, hey, we had a team that had to drop out. Would you guys mind switching to Chapa's? Yeah, and I wasn't really sure what Chapas was, but you were pretty excited oh, about it. Oh, if I could have handpicked any aid station to man during that race, and woman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I could pick any aid station to serve at, it would have been Chapas because when I ran it four years ago, mile 21, you run up on this barn, and inside this barn is an awesome aid station. You get to sit in a chair. I remember I sat there way longer than I should have. <laughs> Refuel, but you're you know you got now ten miles to go. It feels like doable, but you need just a little bit of something, a little encouragement, a little nutrition, a little rest, and off you go. And we got to serve at Chapas. And as you accurately pointed out, Stephen, where else would you put a big ass runner but in a barn? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And what's really cool about this is you come out of this trail. 
and you actually run through this barn. So yeah, in that, one door, out the other. Yeah, like literally, yeah. And you could you could literally hit the broadside of it too. So I mean, you go through this barn to to go into the aid station, and again, uh, a lot of the elite guys they just kind of whiz through. They kind of just smiled and waved and kept on going. But for a majority of the people, this this barn was pretty pretty crucial because, like you said, it was if you were doing the fifty k, we saw you one time. If you were doing the hundred k, we we saw you at two completely different stages in the race. We well, saw you at mile twenty one and at mile, I believe it was fifty one. Exactly, and you know by that time they are absolutely you know exhausted and needing encouragement. And so, man, we were so excited to be able to provide that. You know what was really fun, Jeff, is the first day that we were there was the hundred k race. It was Saturday, just to get there and to serve and park cars. You know, at four o'clock in the morning was was really amazing and a lot of fun. And just seeing people like you said, excited to, to actually have a real live race. They did a fantastic job there again. I said it too, of, of really just <laughs> it's catching. It, it's so catchy. It's, it's just the perfect word. It's so fantastic. Uh, yeah. And to see elite athletes, Jeff, that are just cruising through this course and then to see the everyday runners and then people that you can just see in their eyes, like they just wanted to accomplish this. They didn't care how long it was going to take. Uh, I remember looking at one gentleman who you could term, and he was just a little bit older. He was running with a Marine buddy, and he just wanted to finish this race. And he had 10 miles left, and it, you could see it just took everything in him. And to see the whole gamut of that uh, was just incredible, honestly. And I will say, Stephen, the winner of the 100K, the men's winner of the 100K, drank our pickle juice he did you know what i felt like that contribution alone from that from, was the difference yeah he he really was going to run by he stopped he, he saw, goes look at that pickle juice that it's fantastic pic- look at those big ass runners out there we need to stop and <laughs> and fuel up here and we're like of course it's of the what? best best pickle juice you've had all day <laughs> of course it is so jeff it was such a great time and we really enjoyed doing it but i think we walked away with a couple observations and we want to kind of share obviously a few of our funny stories and stuff. But Jeff, from your perspective, what were some of the observations that you saw? Yeah, this is a very tough course, as you pointed out, Stephen. In fact, the the motto of this course is no whiners, wimps, or wusses. <laughs> and one thing I love about trail runners is you think about a trail runner, they're, they persevere. They're very, very tough. Mm-hmm. And we like to think of ourselves as trail runners is we can out-tough anything. Right. But I think one observation I have is there's being tough and then there's being prepared right and those are not mutually exclusive you need to be both tough and prepared and i think the story we'd like to tell that kind of illustrates that would be the 50k so just to set the scene a little bit saturday was the 100k yep the weather was actually pretty good for a race it was overcast but it was cool and dry it it was perfect actually because i i like it when it's a little bit cold you know when it's in that 50s to 40 ranges you can you can actually wear short sleeves after you get going and stuff so it was actually a perfect day for that caliber of a race and and honestly there were a few people there that were trying to go after the course record so it was a very competitive field sunday was the 50k very different story in (laughs) fact it rained overnight Mm -hmm. the temperatures dropped down and that was a very different scenario you needed to be very differently prepared for saturday if you're going to run versus if you're going to run on sunday and unfortunately we have a couple of stories of people that were not prepared so 
We're at the aid station on Sunday. It's raining. We're inside the barn. Fortunately, we're dry. We're waiting to see who the first kind of runners are coming through, the, the elite guys that have started at 630. Mm-hmm. We see the first guy come through. And where we are, we can see them kind of poke through the trail a little bit. And they kind of wind around to a couple of trails and end up in the barn. And we can tell this guy's struggling a little bit. And he's a super great runner, phenomenal runner. But he was not prepared, Stephen. He was dressed for Saturday, but right. not for Sunday. Yeah. And those conditions, I mean, we saw, like you said, rain, sleet, a little bit of hail. The course was extremely muddy. Any any rut that was there was now a river. And these guys were really going fast. I think at that point in time, they were running around 6.30 minutes. 6.30, yeah. Yeah, 6.30 is coming into that. But the elements just got to them. And these are great guys, good, good runners, nothing, obviously incredible athletes but to your point uh no rain gear no nothing like that to protect them he came in he was shivering uh he had a friend there that was crewing for him put a jacket on them he he was shaking so bad that we gave him a hot cup of broth some mashed potatoes we'll talk a little bit about that later <laughs> right and he was a super tough guy but as tough as he was because he wasn't prepared he had to bow out he dnf'd he, he was he was done so it is i think the observation the key learning was because i think hey just tough it out just right. just tough it out toughing it out is important but i think being prepared is important as well and we saw the toughness and the preparedness with the female winner. This course is very technical, I would say. A lot of rocks and things. And the female runner who um, actually won the whole entire race was... The 100K, right? Yeah, the 100K, exactly, was just phenomenal. I mean, again, a tough... I mean, 100K, Jeff. I mean, just think about that. It's it's a crazy race to begin with and a very technical terrain. So she ended up running, and I forgot exactly what mile marker. I think it was like around 40, and she took a tumble. And so she fell down. Her knees were just bloodied up. And that's good. I mean, sometimes we kind of feel embarrassed when we run, but even the most elite, you know, talented runners, it, it all happens to us. But it, when she actually fell, she actually broke her nose while, while doing that. So imagine you're running a race, you're needing to breathe, your nose comes in pretty handy, and you fall, you break your nose, you're bloodied in your knees. And get this, she kept going. She, she just kept on going, and then she needed to stop the bleeding. In order to do that, she she had a, a female product, and she was able to... You, you can say it, Stephen. Okay, well, she had a tampon, and she <laughs> tore half of it off, stuck it up her nose, and then kept going, you kept know? Kept going. And, and it was amazing. And Jeff, I don't remember the guy, too, who was doing 100K. He fell. He came into the aid station. I have a little bit of a medical background. His, he he basically bit part of his upper lip off yep. and he had 10 miles left to go and we cleaned him up as best we could. I spent quite a bit of time with him and then I honestly, Jeff didn't think I was going to see him again. I thought, you know, this guy is probably done. Sure enough, later on in the early evening, he comes around. He he looked great, half bitten lip, and she was still going, still going. So I think there is that you know mental toughness and and that physical fortitude that you have to have to do some of these things. Uh, and really, you know, to me, Jeff, it's not about just being you know, like a badass. It's more about just 
accomplishing and getting done what you want to get done and pushing through and making some of that stuff happen and doing that at all levels, whether you're an elite athlete or somebody who, who needed to, you know, to walk most of the course, we saw it in the whole entire spectrum. And that was really rewarding to see. And I think it does go back to, and we talk a lot about the why, and mm-hmm. we'll talk more about the why we're going to hear a couple of great why stories next week. But why, why am I out there? Am I out there to finish? And that's a whole different kind of preparedness and expectation than if I'm out there to hit a certain time goal or to, hey, I don't, I don't want to ever stop except during you know, these stretches of the race. You know, what, what is your goal? What's your strategy? And what's your why? And I think if you're really clear on that, that really helps you overcome some of those bumps in the road. You know, Jeff, I'd say the one last observation that I noticed is a lot of times when runners talk to non-runners, they think that running is an individual sport. One thing that was crystal clear in doing this, and, and we kind of all know this, but to see it for two and a half days straight is that you you never really run alone. I mean, even the most elite athletes, we knew a couple people that you know had crews and there was teams there. I mean, you think about the elites, they have crew members, they have coaches there, they have family members that were there. So even though they're running the race, they have people around them. People that were non-elite, <laughs> we saw families, individuals, coaches, people dropping off bags at, at our aid station for them. So even non-elites had that. And just to see the pure joy of loved ones, significant others, family members. I mean, we had people waiting in the barn for two hours in the middle of the night to see friends and family come through that. You know, people just finishing this race together. And so I think that's just really true too, is to, you know, to kind of find your tribe, find your crew and and realize that yes, it is an individual person running, but it really does take a community to, to really make that happen. I think that was illustrated too, Stephen, when we got the feedback, you know, we, we took on this aid station, <laughs> we said, okay, what would we want if we're in mile 21 or mile 52? What, what would we want? We would want some encouragement. Yep. We'd want something warm to drink or eat. And so we made this chicken broth that was Fantastic. There's no other word for it, Stephen, but fantastic. We made these instant mashed potatoes, and we found that when you mix them together, it is magical. Yeah, I think anything tastes good at you Probably know so. mile 40 and mile 60 or whatever. But yeah, so we, we were at the Chapa's um, aid station. That was the name of the aid station. So we created the Chapa's special. The Chapa's special. So let me let me just back up to, like, this wasn't just a barn, Jeff. No, I mean, this it, was the it, barn. It was the V barn. We had disco lights disco going. Disco lights going. We had. You made an incredible playlist. My playlist was fantastic. I think I have it memorized by now, but um, but yeah. it, it was amazing. I mean, imagine coming out of the trail. It's a little bit dark, and as you're running up this path, you hear come on over here. You're doing a great job. You look up and you hear music. You smell bacon sizzling and you see this disco light kind of thing. So when people came in, it was amazing. And then we, when they got in there, uh, we're like, hey, what do you need? You know, let's fill this stuff up. We've got heaters. And have you tried the Chapa special? They're like, what is that? What is that? And we're like, it's a, it's a family recipe that's been passed down for generation like it's 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 one day old and it's it's broth and mashed potatoes are like 
whatever you're cooking, I want it. And so we would give it and it became really popular. They loved it. In fact, they came back to, you know, the second loop. They were yeah. looking for it. Yeah, they were ready. Like, give me the, give me the chopper special, you know? Some winners were so bold that we would put some little sausage on the oh, top of it. It was amazing. Oh, uh, that, that, that would really just carry them home. So <laughs> it might have carried them to the beacon of line at the end, but yeah, it, probably it, so. it definitely helped they did, them. They out. didn't mind that. We, we had this barn. It was like the party barn. Uh, I think Marcy's goal was to see how many people she could create in the comfort station. That's right. And have them DNF themselves because they were having so much fun so in, much fun in, in the, the party barn. barn right exactly that was her goal but our whole entire crew so timmy time marcy jeff and i jeff's wife and scott all the people that are involved in the the big ass running um podcast it was just a really great time and just had a lot of fun a lot of great memories and speaking of stories Stephen, we have a couple of funny stories that we would like to tell and i think you've got one you talked about the feminine product that was so helpful for our female winner when she broke her nose. I think there's a, a little bit of a theme with that as well. You have a funny story. So day day two, it's pouring down rain. I mean, anybody who's coming into this barn is soaked. And I would say, Jeff, without exaggeration, nine times out of ten, they were shaking, you know, like cold. They couldn't use their fingers. You could, yeah, your fingers were frozen. So we had hand warmers. We had, like, we were just talked about the chicken broth. And so imagine your hands being so cold, you can't open your bottles. So we would run there like, what do you need? You know, like, so somebody needed their shoes tied or they needed their bottle open. And so we did all those kind of things. So one lady came in and she's like, I, you know, you could just see that she was like, you know, what can I do to help you? And she's like, well, I, I've got these animal crackers and I've got these tablets. I want to put the tablets uh, in my water bottle if you can help me with that. So we kind of scoot her in front of the heater. I'm like, okay, you you just start, you know, getting warm up, drink that broth and I'll, I'll find the, these little like noon tablets. And then she's like, okay, well, it's not in that one. So I, I, you know, I'm sticking my hand in this bag, just reaching for anything in there. It's like not in there. She's like, I really need those hydration tablets. I'm like, okay, I keep on going. So I reach my hand and I'm like, well, this is interesting. I think this might be it. I'm facing her back. So she, I'm not, I can't see her. And I, I pull out a Ziploc and it's, it's not, it's not hydration tablets. <laughs> no, it's not. It's two, it's two female products. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy, what do I, I mean, what do I do? So, Whoopsie. yeah. So I just like, oh, I'm still looking. So I just kind of <laughs> cram them back in. Eventually I did find them. Uh, it was a uh, super awkward for me, but thankfully I don't think she ever knew. So if you are listening, I'm good if you're good. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. In those kind of conditions, you just you just got to go. So, but Jeff, what about you? Did you have a, a funny memory? I or have funny a funny story? story that unfortunately involves myself. <laughs> so, this barn, just to set the stage a little bit, this barn has a big sliding door on either side, and so you slide the door open. The runners run in. There's a big open area where we put all the food and had the music and all that. <laughs> right. And then they run straight through it out the backside. So there's another big sliding door. Well, these big sliding doors are actually cut into the concrete. It's like a little concrete ramp, right? It's yeah. like a little concrete ramp. And where the doors are, there's like a gap in the concrete. Right. And it's about six inches deep. Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, and it's probably about four or five inches wide. Uh-huh. And it's right at the front. So I'm, you know, I'm usually either filling tailwind or serving up you know a chop special right but i'm a seven uh-huh so enneagram seven for those of you who didn't wonder what, what's a seven enneagram seven we love to engage with people so a lot of times i would find myself at the very front of the door looking for people coming up yeah. clapping encouraging them telling them where to go and for some reason at some point i stepped <laughs> into that 
crevice right with my hocus right and it went down about six inches right my foot is down there and it ain't moving and i lose my balance and i'm headed so i'm headed like from left to right yeah i'm following that direction and if I fall that direction, I'm breaking my ankle. Like it is in there and it ain't moving. Right. And if my whole Clydesdale body moves to the right, <laughs> the ankle ain't going anywhere. So something's got to happen. And it's probably my ankle snapping. And I'm like, oh, that can't happen. So somehow I did. This is a slow motion adult fall. That's <laughs> basically what happened. Right. I somehow pirouetted to where I was starting to fall backwards, which was good because then my ankle wouldn't break, which right. is a good thing. Your core strength was doing my it. My core strength, as we <laughs> learned earlier, I need more of it apparently because I had no balance. And so I'm falling down and I fall down. And it's just embarrassing. So everyone's like, oh, you okay? And I had to really wedge my foot out of that crevice. Right. So that was embarrassing enough, right? That you had this adult fall and people are helping you up. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm fine. And my ankle was fine. Actually, it was swollen a little bit the, the next day, but it was it was fine. But then Tim comes up and goes, oh, man, your timing was terrible. I'm like, oh, yeah, it was. Did you see me fall? He goes, yeah, I saw you fall. I was talking to someone, and they're like, hey, do you know Jeff from the podcast? He goes, yeah, he's right over there. And he pointed at me at the exact moment that I had my adult fall. Terrible timing. Very embarrassing. That's my funny story. I guess if you're going to have someone fall, I would rather it be me than a runner. Yeah, you took one for the team. I took one for the team. There you go. I just have to say what was funny about it from my perspective was I didn't know you'd fallen. And I look over and I just see your two big hokas. Because what, what size shoe do you wear? The 13. Yeah, so these two big hokas. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Wizard of Oz, like when the house <laughs> lands on the oh, lady yeah. and the and the They're two sho- out. the two shoes are poking out and wiggling. I look over, I see no Jeff, I see nothing of him, and I just see these two feet, one stuck in this crevasse thing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and they're just kind of wiggling, and all of a sudden I see Tim like running across and to help me out to help you out. So I was like. You know, we're not in Kansas anymore, Jeff. No. We're, we're definitely in or not. It so. was the slowest yeah. fall ever. Uh, yeah. But it was effective. I didn't break my ankle. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, all kidding aside, it could have been bad. It could have been really bad. But your core just brought <laughs> just those, that 12 pack just, uh, just brought yes. it all together. Well, listen, we had a great time. If, if you want to learn more, uh, check out Instagram. And I just want to say too, if you guys ever have a chance to go volunteer, now having done it and just seeing all that goes into the race, uh, we just really high encourage you to do it. it's it's a really it's really a blast and just runners serving runners is is just a really good feeling and steven actually have a, a bit of an, an announcement what we did such a great job uh-huh. apparently wow much to our surprise what that we, we won have, an award no we didn't win an award we get unlimited oreos for a year no we did actually award ourselves best aid station we, no they're actually giving us chop us again next year serving again next year at Chappas. Yeah. It's going to be even bigger and better. So if you're thinking about a race for 2022 to kick off the year, put that one down. People fly in from from all over and you're flying to San Antonio. You take a quick Uber over into Bandera. Come see us next year. We will be at the Chappas aid station. That's awesome. Well, Jeff, I know in this episode, we're talking a lot about our experiences going to Bandera. And one of the things you and I both love a lot about trail racing is just really the community. Absolutely. And, and when you go to these races, you, you meet new people and you meet new friends. And um, when we were there at Bandera, uh, there were tons of volunteers out there. And and one of the people we met was, was Tim. 
And so we wanted to have Tim on the show. And we call him Tim number one because we have Timmy time. Right. He's Tim number two now. He's, yes. he's, been, he's been demoted. And Tim, <laughs> we have on the show right now, has been promoted to Tim number one. So Tim number one, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, first of all, we just want to say thank you so much for all that you guys did in Teos Trails. I mean, that was such a fun race. So typically, you've got a race director. Chris McWaters is a race director for Bandera. and But that race director really does lean on a team of volunteers to pull off something like this. There's all these things behind the scenes that I think the everyday runner just running a race doesn't see. And it was amazing really to witness. There are are a lot of moving parts. So I got there Wednesday beforehand. People had already been setting up aid stations and getting the tents up. So that's a whole crew of, of people. Another thing is search and rescue. And then there's a bunch of other things that, that I did as well as many others. The registration tent. There's a lady that uh, runs that, basically has three or four volunteers or sometimes more that help her. And she coordinates that as, as well as a few other things. So yes, there's a lot. And if any one of those groups fails, then then yeah, it's a, it's a rough race. And so it does take a lot, but I've got to give a shout out to y'all. I can't tell you how many runners came across that finish line and uh, they replied and said, man, those guys at Chopper Station, I cannot <laughs> believe those guys. That was amazing. I got in there and I didn't want to leave. There's a huge <laughs> party going on and they made me not want to leave. But then when I finally decided, hey, I, I need to leave, I need to get back <laughs> on the trail, I had, I was jazzed up. I was ready to go. Those guys were a huge help. So we've got to give y'all credit. All the aid stations are great, but y'all did take it up a notch. So I've got to give you a little credit there. Uh, well, you're very kind and, and thank you for that. I, I think we kind of went into it with just the mentality of somebody needed a shoe tied or we just wanted to, you know, kind of be treated the way that we wanted to. And, and we really didn't know what else to do but throw a big ass party, right? That's what we do. So <laughs> that's go. what we did. And really, where do you put big asses in a barn? So it kind of all worked out. It all out. worked out well. It all worked out in the same way. So. Well, Tim, thank you so much. Well, no problem. Well, Tim, th- thank you. Because like we said earlier, you're a volunteer as well. Just thanks, thanks for for all that you do to support Chris McWaters as race director and us. I mean, you supported us throughout the weekend. And so we really appreciate you as well. No problem. Thanks for coming out, guys. Well, Stephen, believe it or not, that is the end of our silver edition episode. Something like that. 25 is silver, right? Yeah. What should I get you for our 25th episode? Um, I don't know, but something really cool. Maybe a trucker hat. So episode number 25 is in the book. Next episode, we're going to get back into talking a little bit more about our why. You know, Jeff, there's there's one thing that I think listeners can do that can really help us out. And yes, Stephen, that is to give us a review. You know, if you would take a couple of minutes, if you love the, the podcast, even if you just like it. Please, if you go to Apple and just give us a written review, written reviews are so important to help other people find the podcast. That would be super helpful. Well, with that, Stephen, I think that concludes episode number 25. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We had a jam packed episode. You know what? Just continue to go out there, keep running, hitting those trails, and keep running your asses off. So I was going to do the whole tough versus prepared thing. Okay, that's what... <laughs> You're like, where are we going with this, Jeff? Where's my notes? Hold on. He's so miniature. 6'8", Stephen. He's six, oh, are you serious? He's 6'8". Oh, my gosh. He's, he's humongous. Oh, I asked okay. him how tall he was, and he said 5'20". <laughs> so, Stephen, with all that, what, what what's our last word here? I don't know. I think we have done with episode number 12. So, thanks, guys, so much for listening. Or, tw- or 25. <laughs> 
12 times 2 plus 1? I didn't have my coffee yet, yeah. <laughs> you know, all buttoned up and stuff. If you've listened to an ounce we're, of our show. We're not buttoned up at all. We're, we're less than buttoned up. <laughs> he told us, he goes, man, I thought you guys were a bunch of knuckleheads. And I was like, well, you, you were right. <laughs> You're he's right, like, we are. But he's like, once you guys started parking cars, he's like, I was amazed, you know. And uh, he doesn't really have an accent like that. I don't know why I'm giving him that one guy. Did he leave you a couple of snickerdoodles for you? Um, no. <laughs> no <I think> <laughs> oh, I got it. I hope I got that laugh on on the recording. That was great. That was, gotcha. Okay. Well, we'll have to we'll have to have a snickerdoodle and we'll have to have a cookie eating contest. Actually, that's not that's not what I meant to say. Sorry. So this <laughs> is where you get to see the sausage Kelly. <laughs> yeah, because I I would. Yeah, that's not what I meant to say. This is that's where. All right. I love it. This is probably going to end up at the end of the podcast <laughs> with all the uh, other bloopers. All right. Thank you so much, Kelly. This has been fantastic. I had to use the word fantastic before we hung up, you know, just because that's my word. Yeah, it is your word. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs>